Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's been a whole lot of map making going on, and the stakes are high for people in Chicago and across the state of Illinois. It happens every 10 years after the U.S. Census count. Officials use population data and often politics to redraw the boundaries of legislative districts, congressional districts, and even what Chicago's ward should look like. The ramifications are huge, which is why you may want your voice to be heard. So listen up. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Political boundaries determine who votes for different offices and how those lines are drawn can sometimes strongly affect the results of those elections. It's possible to draw lines that increase the likely voting strength of one political party or another. And you've heard this phrase before, I think. Instead of voters picking their elected officials, elected officials and other politicians get to pick their voters. Well, this weekend, we'll talk with some people hoping and working to change that dubious tradition. Uh, Madeline Dubeck is executive director of the reform group Change Illinois. It is a broad coalition of people promoting transparency in state and local government and equitable spending and services. She is a former journalist, so see, there is honest work that you can get after doing what I'm doing. Uh, the uh, group also uh, has helped organize an independent panel to suggest ward boundaries for Chicago. Chandra Van Dyke is the Chicago project manager for Change Illinois and has helped shepherd the Chicago Advisory Redistricting Commission into existence, and it has, in fact, produced a proposed ward map. Alan Linton II is a member of that advisory commission. He's director of diversity and inclusion initiatives for the Associated Colleges of the Midwest, and he joins us to talk about that work as well, and I thank all three of you. Uh, we are conducting this conversation via Zoom conferencing. Uh, Madeline Dubeck, let's start with uh, you. And at the state level, uh, Democratic lawmakers have crafted new maps as Republican lawmakers remind us often behind closed doors. 
And Governor Pritzker says, signed that legislation. I will point out that your statements afterwards included words like disrespecting and ignoring input from constituents. Explain what is wrong with that map or those maps, really. Well, once again, Craig, uh, you know, the first go around, the Democratic supermajority in Springfield crafted maps based on estimates. And we repeatedly, along with our partners, pointed out that that was going to be problematic and uh, miss more than 40,000 Illinoisans. That turned out to be true. And so they went back in August and reconvened and had a series of hearings over six days and then uh, unveiled maps just a few hours before they voted on them and pushed them through. And in fact, we and lots of other organizations out there uh, believe that these maps dilute the voting rights of communities of color throughout the state of Illinois and other communities of interest uh, like um, the Muslim community and the Jewish community. And unfortunately, after campaigning on promises to support independent redistricting and end gerrymandering and to veto a partisan map, the governor now has twice signed partisan maps into law and broken his promises to the people. The, what, what you're coming up against is, in some cases, self-preservation on the part of the people who are going to be the ones voting for that. And how do you combat that kind of thing? Uh, well, obviously, we're seeing that it's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, Self-preservation is a very, very powerful um, motivator for, for our elected officials. Uh, and so, you know, we have to keep fighting and keep sending the message to them that we uh, believe that our self-preservation outweighs their self-preservation and that uh, these districts and wards belong to the people. This is our government, not theirs. And uh, this sort of work to preserve their incumbency has to stop. Uh, let me ask you to, if you can explain it in a simple way, explain how these kinds of maps can dilute the representation of people of color? And, and, and is this intentional? Uh, well, I mean, the, the governor's statement indicated that he believed that the, this map uh, honored the diversity of Illinois, um, but uh, not just Change Illinois, but the Mexican American Legal Defense and Education Fund believes that that is not the case, that it dilutes the voting rights of Latinos Illinois African-Americans for equitable redistricting uh, believes and, and put out a statement that the, these maps do not create enough black majority voting age districts. So it, basically, Craig, when they draw, drew these maps, um, they did not create enough districts that give um, black voters and Latino voters the chance to have sway over the outcome of elections in enough districts. In fact, from the first maps to the second maps, the numbers of districts that were either black majority or Latino majority decreased. 
And uh, let me, uh, how much of this is people or the politicians looking at voting patterns and saying, we need more democratic votes here. So let's take a chunk from this area and put it in another area where we need those votes. But, you know, if you're in a community that's predominantly African-American, for example, you may have just split that community. Is that really the way that's this happening? Yeah, there's a, a phrase that we use. It's called packing and cracking, where you either uh, pack people into a district so much um, that, you know, if you had split them into two, they could have elected two people who they wanted. Instead, you pack them together so they can only elect one person they want, or you split them up and dilute them so much that they still don't have enough power to affect the outcome of an election. And so that is what um, map makers do when it's politicians drawing the maps, whether they are um, Democrats in charge or Republicans. It happens to be Democrats in charge here in Illinois who have the control in a lot of other states around the country. It's Republicans. And, and we're going to end up talking about this phenomenon very much when we talk about uh, Chicago in a, in a few minutes. But uh, there are lawsuits. There are, there are going to be court cases. There always are every 10 years. Um, Madeline, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you do? You know what the history is of the of of those kinds of lawsuits? I mean, how often do they actually result in something different happening? Well, in fact, uh, there's a congressional district in Chicago, the fourth congressional district, I believe it is, although I'm working off of memory, um, that was created as a result of a lawsuit by um, Maldef. Uh, that has elected Louis Gutierrez for many years and now Chewy Garcia. That uh, lawsuit was the result of a, a court battle and allowed for the creation of a majority Latino congressional district in Chicago uh, to give Latino voters the power to have some say in their representation. Um, there have been other instances around the country where courts have ordered some changes to maps when they thought there was uh, extreme racial or partisan gerrymandering. And so uh, Maldef has filed suit uh, against these state maps, as has the Illinois Republican Party. And um, we'll see in the next few months how that all shakes out. For the public, is there anything that people who are listening to this can, if they desire, do now? Or is it, do you really have to wait for court action at this stage? At this stage, we are uh, resolved to wait for the outcome in the courts, but I certainly think that people all over the state of Illinois ought to continue to talk to their elected officials and let them know if they are unhappy with the way that this was done. Uh, it was not done in an open, transparent, or equitable fashion. And uh, we need to rise up and make our voices heard and let our elected officials know that we expect better of them. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about redistricting at the state level and in the city of Chicago. And we're conversing via Zoom. My guests are Madeline Dubeck, Executive Director of Change Illinois, 
Chandra Van Dyke, the Chicago project manager for Change Illinois, and Alan Linton II, a member of the Chicago Advisory Redistricting Commission. And uh, uh, I want to turn to the uh, issues in Chicago because I've, I've said this before, and in fact said this before on this program, there has been in the last 20 years, at least that I've been working at City Hall, nothing more contentious than ward remapping. Uh, the last time was got really ugly. <laughs> um, has been less so, but maybe it's a false, uh, a false quiet because they just simply haven't gotten together to meet and talk about this yet. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's bring in uh, Chandra Van Dyke and Alan Linton. Uh, I understand, uh, Chandra. There's really only been one council committee meeting on remaps so far, and the deadline for having a map is December first, if I am remembering that correctly. Chandra Van Dyke, what should people make of that? Uh, the same thing I think that we've made in the years previously, right? That this is not a people's process that is welcoming of community members to engage. We don't know how to engage, when to engage, or even where to engage. Um, but I will say that uh, the people's process, uh, the one that the commission has taken, begun back in June. Um, so a lot of things that we see that are happening now, uh, the commission started doing back in June, but also uh, the commission did that work being intentional, knowing that they still had a lot of work to do to gain the support of 10 auditors. And so they'll spend the next uh, couple of months doing just that while the, the council will be creating their map, the, the commission will be hoping to gather the support of some council members. Um, how much contact, if any, have you had with uh people in the city council up to this point, uh, whether it's the aldermen themselves or uh, their their teams? Yeah, I think we've had pretty good engagement um, with both aldermen and their teams, considering that they're all considered community members and we've always welcomed them to be a part of this process. Um, we've always engaged with alders to make them aware even before announcing the project. We wanted to ensure uh, that this was not done in secrecy and that the community, in addition to alder persons um, and their staff, knew that the commission was going to begin their work. So before and throughout the process, we have been actively engaging um, in, in making sure that we do our part to uh, inform Alderman of the work that the commission has been doing. Um, I, let me just ask flat out, do you believe that the fact that things have been so quiet is because there is stuff really going on? It's not just that they haven't, that they're not thinking about it, not working, but that stuff is going on right now and they're just not doing it where we can see it. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. We all know there, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, and I think that we're gonna continue to see the same process that has happened before. However, I have some hope that uh, after the commission has done its work and has had this transparent and open process that they will come and look to the commission and, and take some of their practices um, and start to engage differently with the public. But as for now, uh, yeah, absolutely. Work has been done the same way it's always been done behind closed doors. Uh -huh. Alan Linton, uh, let's let's bring you in here. Uh, explain what the Chicago Advisory Redistricting Commission is aiming to do in this atmosphere. The, the major goals for us are putting together both a process and a map that is reflective of the communities and people of Chicago. So we went through the training and 
our final product, uh, the People's Map, uh, will be composed of, you know, following all the, the, the state guidelines around compactness, around population sizes, but we wanted to go to the community and we had 30 hearings, you know, virtual and in person across the city to collect testimony on how people define their neighborhoods, how they define their communities of interest and taking all that testimony, oral, written, people submitted their own maps, in fact, uh, we were able then to combine that and try to build wards that are reflective of the experiences and challenges and opportunities of people's communities throughout the city. And so the product from all of these meetings and really getting to engage with a lot of different communities is a map that we hope will be adopted uh, uh, by the city of Chicago and, and certainly a process that uh, can be uh, learned from and incorporated in future mapping uh, processes in the city going forward. Alan, can you tell me a little bit about the kinds of things that you heard at those meetings? What were people who, let's face it, people must be really interested in it if they came out to these meetings but participated virtually. What was driving them? Primary drivers are the challenges that people experience on a day-to-day -day basis. We heard a lot about um, you know, safety. We heard a lot about schools. Uh, we, we heard a lot about the opportunity and desire to uh, have, you know, jobs that, that, that can pay a living wage, access to health care. But we also heard that people didn't know or didn't have access to their leaders in their communities. A lot of communities are divided up across multiple wards. Uh, one moment stands out for me as, as a Southsider, uh, going to a hearing in Inglewood, Inglewood's divided up into six different wards. And you had community residents, you had community leaders talk to us repeatedly about, we want to you know, lead action and change, but we don't know where to go. We may have to talk to three or four different alders just to get something happening. And they're pointing the finger at each other. And so those types of challenges that we read about, that we hear about every day, that's what drove people to be a part of this process, to, to be in a position to select leaders that reflect them, that select leaders that represent their communities so that they can promote and drive the action that they want for uh, their neighborhoods. Yeah, and I, Englewood's uh, situation has, has been one that uh, has been a problem for some time now. Talk to me about Chinatown. Uh, I think this is another that used to be our big example. In fact, it was how I met now State Representative Teresa Ma. Uh, she was an activist 10 years ago uh, because Chinatown, I think, was, had exactly the same number of, uh, of, of, of aldermen representing it. Uh, how, how did what did you hear about Chinatown? Chinatown was actually I, I do believe our first public hearing and we had a lot of feedback. One of the big frustrations was you have this vibrant, growing Asian American population that is not in a position to have their entire community in a ward and not in a position to uh, uh, select an alder to represent them. And so one of the big things that was consistent through that process is knowing as that population has grown in Chinatown, wanting to be within a ward and wanting to be in a position that when, it's come, when it comes time to electing representatives that represent their interests, their causes, that that was important for them. And I'm, you know, I'm really happy at this stage um, in, the, in the map draft, draft mapping uh, process that we have Chinatown within a ward and it's an Asian majority ward. And so that's, that's a really important piece 
uh, of the process because for them, they are looking at and hearing about all of this political negotiation, all of the challenges across the city, and they felt left out. And so the people's map and the process wants to make sure we get as many voices as possible. We started in Chinatown and we were able to take that feedback and turn it into tangible results. And at this, at this point in our discussion, this is, these are all jump balls from this point on, because I know you're all involved in it. Madeline, you're involved in all of this too, I know, even though you're, you're the expert in the state level. But talk to me about what are some of the features of the people's map that, uh, that has been crafted now, and what makes this different from the map that we would see if we looked at a ward map. And admittedly, there are a couple of, I think there's one, there's one ward, and I forget which one it is, that's known as the lobster. Uh, it's the second, Craig. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Madeline. Uh, yes, that, that, that it looks, in fact, like a lobster, very much like a lobster. Uh, so to tell me about what the, what the new map could look like. I'll, I'll turn it back to Alan and Chandra, but I'll just say there are no lobsters in the people's map. No lobsters, no spaghetti. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Chandra and Alan, t tell, tell me what, what distinguishes this, the map that, uh, that has been come up with by the commission. One, one primary feature that's important uh, and we heard a lot about is continuity uh, and, and making sure that communities are together. If you look at our map, it feels accessible. It feels like the different communities of Chicago. Now, there's, we, there are also you know, structural features. So um, presently there are 14 majority Latino wards or 16 majority black uh, wards. Um, but if you look at the side-by-side -side of the people's map and the current map, uh, uh, ward map of the city of Chicago, you'll notice you don't see the same harsh cutting lines throughout the map from North to South to east to west, there's more consistency. It feels like communities are kept together and you're not going to see the, the kind of difficulty in identifying who or, or you know, who's gonna be my, my elected official because I live in this place, but I may go to school in a different area. So that as a feature is you know, cleaner lines, fuller communities, those, those elements map onto um, being representative of the populations of Chicago. Now, Chandra, I want to bring you because there are some legal, uh, there's some legal limits to what can and can't be done. And that map has to also conform to that, right? Correct. And the commission has been trained in those areas in regards to the voters' right laws and uh, making the right decisions. And we've had to revisit that several times to ensure that the commission has all the right <laughs> answers so that this map uh, can withstand any of those possible uh, legal challenges that may come along the way. And, and uh, now is the point where, well, you, you tested out the, uh, the pre-map map. map. Uh, uh, was there much feedback from people and did uh, the people who were there for the, from the beginning feel that their uh, requests, their, their concerns were answered? I just, yeah, so I think that, uh, I just wanna say that there were two public comment periods, right? So the first public comment period was two weeks long. Then there was an additional public pe uh, comment period, which we are currently in. And uh, the commission will make those edits tonight um, and they will 
likely vote on their final map. Uh, I think we did see changes over time in regards to how people engage. At first, we saw people just coming and talking about their communities. Uh, then we saw people coming and speaking specifically to the map. Um, but what we saw, what I saw uniquely uh, different was how people were engaging. They, they actually felt like they were a part of the mapping process. And we got some of that feedback back from people where they felt that they were actually working with the commission to draft their wards um, and that the commission was actually listening to them. And so we saw people uh, really coming out and speaking with the commission and staying on for the full time and staying present for the full meetings, giving public comment even outside the public comment periods uh, of time. But the commission would still take that uh, feedback and, and it inspired me even to see how the commission functions because they do do their work independently. And so there are many times where my voice is not necessarily leading this process because the commission is doing its work. Um, but I've always been impressed to see how they have uh, prioritized community input um, over anything else. Obviously, mapping is important, but they understood the importance of first understanding what people saw necessary for their communities before doing anything with the map. Um, without naming names, if that would be an issue, are there any aldermen who seem to be on board with this and, and if not ready to sponsor a map right now, uh, that seem poised to, uh, to be part of the, uh, the movement? I, so we do have some auditors who have supported a people's process, right? Uh, I think that we still have lots of work to do in regards to getting the support of council. And that is simply because the map has not been unveiled yet. And also because the, the energy of the commission has been primarily focused on community and getting community input. The next phase is for us all to focus more heavily on getting the support of city council and having some older persons who are willing to step up and support the map. But as for now, the commission has remained committed to community and getting community input. Um, and we're committed to seeing this process through. And in order to see the success of this map, we do have to get the support of 10 council members. And we're pretty confident that we'll get that support. And uh, we are, uh, just for people to understand the, uh, the time element here, we are recording this on Friday morning. Uh, by the time this program airs, the map in fact will have been uh, uh, revealed. And uh, let me ask how- there's, there's a map out there now, Craig. It's on yeah. the chicagowards.org website. So people can check it out. Um, it's been, uh, updated a few times and then what people will be seeing now on Sunday when they hear this is the final map will be on the website. Okay and that's a, and give me give me that uh, the the address again where they can chicagoswards.org. Okay. Um how, how much is the power shift in the city council going to factor in what you will or won't be able to do? Um, I think it's safe to say this is no longer a rubber stamp city council, regardless of who would be in charge. Uh, this is a more independent city council than we have seen. And, and how does this play into what you want to do here? Well, I certainly hope they're going to be independent enough to support an independent mapping process and support the people's map. And that includes, you know, independence uh, not just maybe from the mayor, but also independence from uh, the traditional strictures of their caucuses. You know, we have demonstrated how this can be done and ought to be done 
through this wonderful commission and all of its hours and hours and hours of work listening to people in community. And so uh, I hope that that uh, fortifies the alders to support what the, the work product here and the people's map. And what would you suggest that members of the public do besides uh, check out the map that's up on the, the website, but also uh, there eventually will be some hearings. Uh, what should people be looking for and what should they be doing uh, when those hearings begin? Yeah, I think that uh, what we would encourage people to do is to continue to engage with the people's map and to uh, get their orders to support. So we want to educate community on why it's important to obviously support the people's map. So understanding, um, empowering communities and really restoring the, the voting power back to communities so that they can elect elected officials who represent them. Um, and they should be showing up in these spaces and talking with their auditors about the people's map and encouraging them not only to support the map, but the process to have a open and transparent process that includes community members and everyday people who can engage and be a part of this process. And so we encourage people to go and reach out, uh, attend the hearings, listen to what is happening, engage, um, but be sure to mention the people's map and the process that the commission took to create that map. And just very quickly, because uh, uh, we've got about uh, maybe 30 seconds left, uh, and that is explain the, what the 10 uh, uh, number, the number 10 means of why you need 10 aldermen. Um, by law, if 10 alders support this map and introduce it in the council and do not support any other map that has been introduced in the council, um, that triggers a provision in the law that would create a referendum and allow the people of the city of Chicago in a special election next year to vote to choose which map they prefer, putting power back in the hands of the people of Chicago. Thank you, Madeline Dubeck uh, and Chandra Van Dyke of Change Illinois for being with us. And special thanks to Commissioner Alan Linton from the Chicago Advisory Redistricting Commission. And I hope we'll be able to uh, maybe meet again uh, before December to uh, get a progress report. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.